Where do I start? How do I train recall? How long should we work on healing before moving on? Is crate training really that important? We hear these questions all the time and there's one answer that will help with all of them. The complete step-by-step -step dog training course found at Standing Stone Supply. They break down the what, when, where, and how to train your own dog from eight weeks to one year old. They've got it all laid out for you down to even the daily activity checklist to keep you and your puppy on track. Check out standingstonesupply.com and remember to use code GDIY to save 10%. Being an upland hunter in the South nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20%. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. And I mean, she was stopping to flush every time she busted a bird, but it just took that one contact. And I, I just saw the light bulb go off. And from then on, she was, she was hunting then. And we're back for another week of GDIY, guys. Welcome. Here with me, as always, is Austin. And we're here to talk to you about our experience in Wisconsin the good, the bad, the ugly, what to expect when you don't know crap going into hunting and <laughs> the horrible examples of what not to do and what to do and everything in the middle. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, fun-filled episode. And guess what? We have a special guest. The modern Upland? The modern Upland himself, <laughs> Joe Lamberson. He's the Jamie... <laughs> of our podcast he's he's what joe rogan is to jamie he's a, he's our producer and uh he we're kind of dragging him into this episode with us because like it or not he joined us on wisconsin and, and his dog was balling out all week <laughs> killing it the jackal jack he uh most gorgeous setter got that per picture perfect point and it, but it doesn't matter if you have a great looking point on a dog if you can't hit it with the shotgun right joe <laughs> joe oh, was we're, we're bringing me in on this already <laughs> don't be shy jump on in <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yeah he was hitting stuff yeah none, none of us were really hitting worth a damn all I week hit that grouse on the ground we'll talk more about that. yeah though. we'll talk more about that so Twice. uh yeah, today th this is really more just a BS session. We're going to talk to everybody about what we what we did going into the trip, what we did while we're there, and uh, unfortunately, the uh, the inevitable return to the grind and back to work. And uh, unfortunately, we had to leave the Northwoods, and we get didn't get to stay there for for the rest of our lives. Yeah, man, it was <laughs> it was. Uh definitely a change of pace i can tell you that my 182 emails that i walked into this morning 
was Shit, I would have loved 182. I had fine. I had 3,000 emails. Are you serious? 3,100 3, emails. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm dead. But granted, 99.9% of my job is emails. God bless. If I had 3,100 emails. Goodness gracious. Yeah, it took me like eight and a half hours to get through 182. Nick's not telling you that 2,900 of those were from Sierra trading. <laughs> that unsubscribe. Yeah, oh, I swear <laughs> to God. Those companies that you can't, you hit the unsubscribe and then they don't unsubscribe you, they'll just drive you insane. Sierra, you buy one pair of brush pants for them and you're getting a lifetime of emails from them. But you don't get that from Duck Camp. You don't. I t- I, that's a damn good point. You don't get annoyed by them. All you get is a hundred percent satisfaction by all the gear that you buy and use in the in the field. Yeah, and uh, we hit on this last week during the intro. I'm telling you, this heavyweight duck camp shirt that I've been sporting, it dominates. It holds up in the field, in the woods, in that young aspen growth, in the briars that you know they they they. You know, pull at your clothes, you get all through them, they come out unscathed. I'm loving this shirt. So while we keep talking about duck camp every week, it's time to let you guys in on a little bit of their of their impressive clothing. We're going to do a giveaway. We're going to do a giveaway, just something real simple. We're going to just do their hats this time. So be on the lookout. If you have not followed us on Instagram, this is going to be where we hold the giveaway. You're going to have to follow us, and you're going to see more details on our post coming up. But if you want a free Duck Camp giveaway, maybe, if you're lucky, you can also get a little GDIY, something special in in that gift box as well. Follow us on Instagram, Gundog it yourself. You'll see more details. Just follow the instructions, and maybe you'll be lucky, and you can test out and sport the Duck Camp hat here soon. And speaking of giveaways, pretty soon we're going to be giving away a Gunner Kennel. Yeah. And you know what we think about Gunner Kennels? That they're awesome. They're the best. The best on the market. Just like GDIY is the best podcast for your do-it-yourself dog trainers. Just like you should be rating and sharing GDIY podcast. Five stars. You should also be sharing your experience with Gunner Kennels. You need to come if you're involved or looking at a kennel. You need to go to our website. At gundogityourself.com. <laughs> and hit our link and follow the instructions. Let them know that we sent you. Um, it's the only kennel out, out on the market. It's American made. It's uh lifetime warranty lifetime guarantee it's crash rated nothing else out on that market is safer and better for your dog and your hunting partner than a gunner kennel and i truly believe it is the absolute best kennel for you guys out there that are running you know one two three four dogs i'm telling you it is the do-it-yourself dog trainer you know hunter kennel you can throw heck i threw three we had three in the back of my truck in wisconsin all pretty much all week i mean we threw them in there you get them in and out they're safe awesome awesome kennels we're gonna touch on this more but i was the lucky guy that actually had an instance where i ran into a tree with my truck and you know what (laughs) didn't get hurt besides the truck was the gunner kennel well or your dogs that were in the gunner kennels 
Exactly. They're safe. So we're going to touch more on that. And uh, you guys can laugh at my expense all you want. I deserve it. But uh, just an example. Accidents can happen at any time, even at 430 in the morning, just backing up to load up for a duck hunt. Uh, Those jumping trees, man, I tell you what, they just jump in the way. But again, the truck came away damaged. But what didn't get damaged was the gunner kennel. Gunner Kennel, baby. So check them out. Again, link at gundogityourself.com, and we will be having a giveaway here soon. Look for that as well. And if you have not followed us, Gundog It Yourself at, on uh, Instagram. It's on Facebook. If you want to shoot us a long-winded email, we're getting a, a lot of great feedback and questions from listeners and, and newbies. Uh, not that we're experts on anything, but we can give you the best advice that we know of uh shoot us an email gundog at yourself at gmail.com rate share review five stars and then uh, yeah so guys let's go ahead and get these people what they want and let them laugh at at our expense on uh our mishaps of wisconsin so what do you want to hit on first here i say we follow the uh good old clint eastwood and the good the bad and the ugly <laughs> Let's touch on the good. All right. We'll save the best for last then. The, the real ugly. <laughs> That's how you end it with the ugly. The real ugly. Um, so I can tell you something that was great that came out of this was uh, got my first grouse ever. Rough grouse. You're never going to forget it. Never going to forget it. And it came over a point from my youngest dog. A day after he turned one year old. Yep. And while he was sporting about eight staples in his front leg, and he just didn't care, he went out there and searched and pointed it. And luckily, I hit one of them. And it was awesome, man. And that is truly an experience that uh, I'm not going to forget. You know, um, we've done a lot of different types of hunting. I've uh, tried rough grouse hunting down here in the south, and we haven't been successful yet. But uh, that was what I was hoping was to go up north and and get some contacts, uh, especially for Cash with him being a young dog, and and try to get that, um, you know, try to get some early development from him. And it everything just came together uh, for us on that hunt, and he he got the point. And he got the retrieve, and well, talk everybody through it. it real quick. Go through the experience because yeah. it's going to be ingrained in your head for the rest of your life. But let's yeah. tell everybody how it went down and how it came to so fruition. Let me give let me give kind of everyone a backstory on how we got here and why I was so excited on on this. You're not going to do time. the spoiler alert of the ugly, are you? No, because everyone knows he already got the quills if they listened. I mean, he got. If you don't, then maybe you should have listened to the previous episodes. Yeah, so day one, um, we get there. He has a – he's crazy when we first get him out of the truck on the first hunt of the day. And um, let him get some of that out. And then that afternoon, uh, got him back out of the truck, and we got into some woodcock. And, I mean, it was awesome. I watched this dog from – in three points – or three bird contacts, I should say, just get steady on Woodcock. And um, he, the first one that 
so we had a wild flush come up. I said, okay, you know, there's some woodcock here. I had another wild flush come up. And then so I was trying to make sure he was working close, working with me. Then I watch him. Literally, I'm watching him about 20 yards in this very thick cover, just blow over the top, run over a woodcock. And then you could just see him starting to connect the dots, you know. And um, he was very excited, uh, just got him back, calmed him down a little bit. We started to search again. I was able to watch him start working some scent, and he did a, a, a little flash point on another woodcock, and then he went in and he bumped it. I didn't say a word to him. He chased around trying to, you know, connect the dots still. I calmed him down, brought, calmed him back over, calmed him down a little bit. And then the third time, we went out and searched, and I watched him work the scent and hold point for about 20 seconds without me saying a word on this woodcock, and the woodcock got up. And I missed the damn thing. <laughs> but then immediately after that, guys, this is what I was telling y'all about in the intro last week. Um, immediately after that, I, he got on a hot porcupine track and just got stuck. Went straight to it, got stuck. And it was, I didn't go into this a whole lot. And maybe I'll save this for the ugly portion later yeah. on what my thoughts were. But, um, yeah, so that happened, and you know, he was out of commission basically um, for a couple of days. I had to take him to the vet. They had to um, actually cut his leg open and pull some quills out that we couldn't get to. I'll get into this a uh, little later, uh, but we decided to get him out of the truck on Wednesday, so we had two full days that he sat in the truck and in a cone. You know, now, now when you say head. we, you, you mean the uh, the vet and, and yourself? What do you mean? You said yeah. we decided to get him out of the truck. Well, I decided to get him out of the truck. <laughs> we'll get into that, too. There's a little hey. discrepancy on what the vet actually told Austin <laughs> and what he did. The vet but... told me I could hunt the dog. I swear. <laughs> Norm may have heard something different. The witty vet told you you could hunt the dog. The witty vet did tell me I could hunt the dog. The Park Falls vet told you. The Park Falls vet told me I could also hunt the dog. Now, Norm may have heard the Park Falls vets say but i wouldn't but i didn't hear that part <laughs> see see austin heard what he wanted and he cut it off right then and there and he did not hear the second half of that statement norm did <laughs> i'm promising you i didn't hear her <laughs> say the second part but regardless we got the dog out of the truck on wednesday and it was awesome we uh went to a spot that we had hunted um i guess it was monday afternoon and ran into some grouse and uh it got kind of late on us quick on on that monday hunt so we decided to give that spot a rest for a couple days and go back on wednesday with the puppies and um i was not there very long i was honestly a little bit apprehensive to get him out just because i mean he seemed fine and he had all kinds of energy wanted to get out and run i mean uh i it was one of those predicaments where I felt bad keeping him in the crate, but I wanted to protect him because I didn't want him to get hurt. And at the same time, though, I wanted to balance that with him getting, you know, bird contacts and contacts really, that we just can't get down yeah, here. We know, made the trip. It's it's horrible that he got stuck, but at the same time, it's like get him out. at one year old, he's not going to get the bird contacts down yeah. here that we can get him up there. So decide to go to this spot and. It just worked out. I was, uh, Nick took the right path. I took the left. Um, we honestly hunted maybe 
20 minutes before yeah. I saw a wild flush of a grouse and I shot at the bird and I saw the general direction that it went down and, um, or that it was going towards. And so, uh, Really, I mean, it was kind of just the perfect setup. Um, I saw the general area that the thing went, and we just went in after it. And he went searching. After a couple minutes went by, um, I had lost sight of him, and my GPS went off and said, you know, cash is on point. Like, he was only like 60-something feet away. It was just so thick I couldn't see. Yeah. And immediately when I walk into the spot where I can see him. I see him on point and the bird just comes up and I shot and I mean, it fell right there in front of him. He ran over and got it. And I mean, it, he wasn't that far. He just brought it right to me and we were freaking psyched. Yeah. It was awesome. We walked around the corner, me and Pam, Pam joined me on that, that afternoon to hunt and uh, she was just taking pictures and it worked out great. We came over there, you're sitting there cheesing and she was, she was there to take some good pictures of your first ever grouse and you, you, you just, you couldn't stop smiling for like the rest of the day. Well, it was one of those priceless moments. It really was because I didn't know that Pam was taking pictures at the time when we were like checking out the fan and you know it was one of those deals where it was like truly a candid picture and it was cool to be able to look back and be like damn i really was pumped up yeah you know and and you could tell and uh it was it was just a cool experience you know i mean that was something that you know we've been working for and uh it it, it was it was cool not a lot of dogs it's one of those deals where it's there's just not a lot of dogs that have their first bird be a rough grouse you know and and yeah. also first wild bird obviously first wild bird yeah. yeah and so that was cool but then just the whole backstory on it i yeah. think just gives it some real some real bite to it i like it man and so you know once you get that uh that tail fan up and going you're going to be able to have that on the wall and you're all you're going to have that backstory to tell everybody for the rest of your life and you're going to be able to because i you know, I, I have mine yeah. and it gets questions all the time and I can just relive the entire experience. I mean, almost to the second of what happened. You know, that's one of the things with what we do. It's not, obviously it's not what I would consider trophy hunting by any means. Right. No. But it does give you some, it's a memento. Yes. Memorabilia to look back and say, not only was like, did we, look, we killed this bird. We had a great hunt, you know, but you, I can look at fans that I've got and just different, you know, hunts, even not even from bird hunting, but from other type of hunting that, uh, different mounts I've got from all kinds of different things. And just think about the preparation, think about just really the whole backstory and, and what got me to that point, you know, and like we were in North Dakota last year, we've already told people this, we didn't have a ton of contacts, right? Dude, I, I think the better example is when we were in Oklahoma last year and we had searched forever and like three days in, we weren't hardly getting any contacts and Lucy gets her first point. Yep, and, on the only cubby that we found that yeah, whole week. And, and she was a puppy then and, you know, I shot that bird and we were just so freaking psyched. Yeah. You know, and that's something that's like, look, 
if you keep that bird or you keep something that memorializes that hunt, you can always look back on that. Yeah. And, and that that's what know. we're doing here. I mean, it's like you said, it's it's from all types of hunting. But obviously what we're doing here, it's it's dog heavy. It's centralized around the dog. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I can for myself speak to the fact that I get more enjoyment out of my dogs piecing it together and yeah. and being able to connect the dots and complete an entire sequence on a wild bird. I will get more enjoyment out of that than shooting you know a week's a worth of limits thousand, without a dog yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's it's a totally different experience you know that's one of the reasons why before cash freaking found that porcupine i was like oh man he's connected the dots i am motivated to stay out here and get something over a point with him yeah just because i watched him over three bird contacts just piece it together and knew got better every bird and held that bird for me without saying anything to the dog and i just wanted i wanted that bird so bad for him just to for me to get one for him so that he could get that in his mouth and be like okay this is what we're doing we did it all you know and then unfortunately he got porcupine but (laughs) but the thing is is like that's that's what we're here doing man you know uh anyways that was what i would consider the pinnacle of what we did this week for me yeah um i've got if you want me to keep going i've got other good no stuff no too. man we got to move on We're, you're hogging it from old joe we joe, know he, joe, he hogs. the important thing is the moral of that story is don't listen to your vet <laughs> i listen to my vet at home <laughs> and i swear to you i swear the park falls vet told me the same thing yeah. so all right joe what was your highlight of the week? I know, I know, Joe. Joe had a little bit of a, as far as harvesting birds go, you didn't have the the best week, but no, no. you seemed to really enjoy the trip. So, tell people, what was the best aspect of the trip for you? I mean, the good was the Lambersons had some hell hell of good dog work, man. Yeah, I mean, Jack being from, uh, you know. Getting him as a two-year-old West Texas quail dog, never been anything on like woodcock or or grouse. Um, you could tell how much he learned during the week to where you know we had him out with Cash that first day, yeah. and they weren't really hunting; they were kind of just running around the woods. Yeah. To where you know on Friday he was, you know, had some points, a couple of um, you know flushes, uh, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, because you could tell just, you know, those those birds, man, they, they messed with his head. Yeah. Tell it tell everybody real quick because Jack has a hell of a nose. We see it training all the time and you and you do wild quail hunts and pheasant hunts with them every year. But the grouse and woodcock uh, woods, they're completely different. And so tell everybody the difference in, in Jack and his reaction to these birds as opposed to what you normally see from them. I mean, I, I trust Jack's nose pretty pretty good and um and he'd lock up on point, especially that last day, and I'd go and kick around. And you could tell after about three or four kicks, yeah. the expression in his face changed to where he was just kind of depressed, saying, Dad, I, I promise they're there. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, after then I'd release him, and then he just would ham going around, smelling. He couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, and then 10 minutes later, locked up again. Yeah. You know, 
face looking down at the ground saying, Dad, all right, I know I know what happened last time, but the bird's there. I promise this time. I promise this time. Kick around a little bit, nothing there, release him. Yeah. And then after a couple times, you know, look at the GPS, he's, you know, 40 yards away, 30 yards away, and then you hear a flush, and then you just see him jump up in the air. <laughs> No, but he was he was working great though on Friday. Especially yeah, that we last had, that last time with uh, Scout. He, yeah, with they, Scout they worked really and well Jack together. running. That was that was awesome. Man, it was awesome. Just you know, I've never hunted alone with him. You know, yeah. it's always been with a big group of people. So just kind of um, a couple of days, just going out, just him and I connecting like that, and him. He had a beautiful point on a woodcock that I hit, and we just couldn't find it. Yeah, um, which is rare for me. Because two other days, I was the best bird dog in the field, finding two dead birds. <laughs> That's right. He that dogs dead. just ran over. Dogs just ran over, but they yep. couldn't escape my nose, man. Yep. Get your bragging rights in. I hey. think we need to go ahead and talk about that initial hunting dead Joe did. Well, that might be the bad or ugly. No, I think that's a good. I, I mean, I mean, it was bad in that. Uh, uh, so that could have been a, a great mount for so, Nick. He could have spent more money at, <laughs> at the Park Falls Taxidermist. Yeah. So we're we're hunting in this one area, and uh, Rachel goes on point, and I, I get back in there, and the bird flushes over my head, and I do a, a turnaround going away shot, and uh, pretty sure that I hit it, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure, and uh, so I release Rachel. And she tracks it down to this one little area. And at this point, Austin still hadn't gotten his first grouse uh, bird or first grouse. This is, yeah, Monday. Or Woodcock at that time, I think. Yeah. Neither one, Austin, Joe, they they were birdless. So I I was concentrating on trying to get you guys some birds. And uh, so I hear uh, Austin yell, Rachel's on point over here. And I'm like, well, go get it, go shoot it. And so Austin disappears in the cover, and all you hear is Austin just, it's staring at me. <laughs> and I'm like, well, shoot it. And then Joe's on the other side of the cover, and I'm like, Joe, get out of the way. He's going to flush it. He's going to shoot in that it direction. Was a cluster for a second. And so Joe gets out of the way, and Austin goes literally just stomping in like he's about to stomp this bird in the ground. It was crazy. And all of a sudden, he's like, it's injured. And so it w- turned out to be the bird that I shot. I winged it. It wasn't dead. And so it was just crippled. And it took off running through the brush. And Austin's trying to figure out what happened. And uh, all of a sudden, we hear Joe on the other side of the trail say, It's over here. Boom, boom. <laughs> 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 So we don't know what the heck's going on, and it, I release Rachel off the second point, and she's trying to track it, and he's like, it went in here, it went in here, and Rachel's running over this bird, and we look over there, and Joe's like, it's right here, and he pulls it under, like, what, six to eight inches of just dead grass that burrowed itself in. Yeah. It was a great search by me. And so yeah. Joe found dead. He did great. He did his job. He did exactly how Austin trained him. He hunted dead. And, uh, but then Joe's like, it's right here. And he bends down and he picks the grouse up by the tail fan. (laughs) He was afraid it was going to get away. So he's grabbing the nearest feathers, man. So he handed it to me. Man, I was just trying to get it. That thing in a matter of seconds traveled from where I was originally trying to flush it. The bird like hopped up, tried to fly, could tell it wasn't going to fly. 40 yards through thick cover. Easy. Yeah. I mean, it took off running it had to have been i'm gonna say conservatively 30 yards 
it probably was more like 50 yards where it ended up yeah. getting shot and then burned. It, it caught me by surprise when yeah. it would popped out of the woods to cross the road. And I that's why you missed it both times. Still, <laughs> and still buried itself in all that cover. Yeah. And the dogs, it was so deep in that stuff that the dogs, even when they got over there, this was right before Joe started grabbing at it. They were like running over the top of it. Joe's like, it's right here. And then uh, yeah. ripped it out. It, so, so Charles... The blood tracker expert. If you're listening to this, <laughs> yes. and if you need my services for this upcoming season, yep. I'm not cheap, but I'm good. <laughs> if you know of anybody that's wounded a bird in the Middle Tennessee area, yeah, I'll find it. I'll find it. So, yeah, that's uh, that was a story of Joe hunting dead. That was a good. That was a good. Yeah, I mean, it did. I mean, the, both both Lambertsons, Jack and myself, just just did a great job. Yeah. yeah. I know there's some more stuff. Talk about um, some other. I mean, we had one good. What well, was the same? The same afternoon that Joe hunted dead, Rachel was absolutely killing it down there in yeah. the same area. Well, she got a little competitive with me after a while. <laughs> so again, we went on this hunt that afternoon. We were out there because we were trying to get Austin his his first first bird, and uh, Rachel slams a point. And I'm like, she's over there. Go up to it, and uh, you know, Austin goes in there. Elmer, uh, Elmer fudding it like he's just one step at a time, <laughs> just you know, trying to figure out if it's rabbit or duck season. Man, I like I like putting the stalk on all these yeah. animals. That's so what I do. I'm off to the right just as a backup shot, and Rachel's holding this point for what seems like forever. And I'm like, dude, hurry up, get one. the hell up there. <laughs> And uh, then I see the grouse flush, and it was a clear shot, just clear alley. And I'm like, "Oh, that dirt, that bird's dusted." And then there's nothing that happens, and I'm and I yell at Austin. I'm like, "Did you not see the bird?" He goes, "What bird?" <laughs> and I asked him, "What were you looking at?" I didn't even at? hear the bird. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a bird there. If Nick had not said anything, I'm still not even convinced like that it happened because like I literally uh-huh. there was like no indication to me so that. There's After that, he says, what bird? I say, what were you looking at? He was like, the dog. I'm like, why the heck are you looking at the dog? The like, bird's going to be in front of the dog. second I was looking there. <laughs> so anyway, the bird relocates. But from then on, Rachel did not respect Austin at all. So this dog is steady beyond belief. She nails these birds, but from then on, she went on point like two or three other times, and she really crapped the bed on them on one bird. Oh, like, man. oh, man, it was bad that to was... where she just broke and f- just ruined a perfect shot opportunity for Austin. But she would not respect him flushing a bird from then on that, that evening. And I know it was straight. just him because I'm getting pissed off at her. I'm like, what the heck? You never have this issue. You're breaking every time Austin gets I've close to you. I've never seen it happen. It was literally a thing. Anytime that I got parallel with her, she would break. She started creeping. Yeah. And one time she did it on a woodcock. And Nick and I were both kind of done. This is when we realized what she was doing. We She locked up on point, And I walk in. This woodcock was holding tight. Like I walk in in front of her on the point and where I'm having to woe her and she's, she's hanging out and I'm walking all in front, nothing gets up. And then all of a sudden she breaks and she starts searching around and Nick's like, what the heck is going on? Like, why is she like 
false pointing and or breaking. Then all of a sudden, this freaking woodcock, woodcock gets comes up. up. And we're like, all right. We start, we start piecing it together then, and then it confirms because the, the grouse that we just talked about where Joe hunted dead, uh, she went on point, and I got even with her, and she did not even try to take a step. And then from then on, the rest of the week, she didn't have that issue. It was literally that. I swear to God, it was that she one got, experience. She, she got, got pissed at me because I didn't shoot at the grouse. Yes. She's just like, oh, I worked hard. I found this bird for you. Screw you. I'm going to go for, go get at the least. bird myself. So also, next time you go to the clay range, take a video of you getting you know, 23, 24, and then send that to Nick. Nick, make sure you send it to uh, yep. show it to Rachel hey, to he, get that confidence back. He, he, hurt, he, hurt, he hurt that bond with her. She doesn't trust him right now. Yeah. I was like, Rachel, you freaking. But she killed it the rest of the week. And, and I mean, overall, I mean, that's the highlight of my week was was the uh, the dog dog work. Rachel, great, great rabbit retrieve too. Oh God, yeah. So it, not not the retrieve. We'll tell you that story <laughs> here in a minute. But overall. The uh, the dog work. I went up there specifically uh, with Rachel and Lucy. My goal with Rachel was to put birds in the bag. She's a finished dog. She's she's been in this game before multiple times. It's like okay, it's time to find birds and it's time to shoot them. With Lucy, with her issues on pointing and everything that she's kind of lackluster on the staunchness uh, that we've talked about in previous episodes. I was not shooting a bird that she did not point. And it was tough because we were kicking up a lot of birds and she was bumping a lot of birds. But that was the highlight of my week was watching Lucy come along. I did get to shoot two woodcock over her point, And by the end of the week, she was actually pointing grouse. And one uh, Friday evening, our last hunt, she got to work the same grouse three times and she pointed it three times and we just never could get a shot off at it. So she pointed and it flushed and then relocated, pointed again. And I mean, I'm talking about staunch point, no flagging, no nothing. And so just watching her develop on a daily basis from something as simple as, as the range of her working in the field or in the woods, it, it, it was really enjoyable for me to see and it made me happy and rachel she just did her thing man i mean there were times when we got in the midst of the woodcock i mean it's like you would shoot and before you reload your gun she's on point over there on another woodcock Mm -hmm. and there was 30 minute sections to where it's just like boom point boom point boom point and if i could shoot worth a darn i'd have a lot more birds in my bag but uh i i got i feel like i got my fair share uh Maybe next year hit the clays course a little bit more and uh, do a lot more. But yeah, the uh, but overall, the highlight of my week. You weren't even there. I don't even think I've told you yet. So Adam was coming with me. He's got this lab, and we've always always talked about hunting pointers with flushers, and never really had the opportunity for doing it. Well, Friday afternoon, I was working Rachel on her last hunt, and she went on point in this really thick, nasty stuff. And I'm like, if I go down there, I can't, I can't get down there. And Adam had Anna running around, and uh, I was on the high ground and on the trail, and I just grabbed Anna and I was like, Anna, back! And I sent her right in the direction, and she kicked up that woodcock. The bad part is that woodcock flushed right back at me, right in between me and Adam, and neither one of us could shoot. I got a piss poor going away, just hail Mary of a shot behind us. But 
Rachel had held steady the entire time, even after the flush. And it just worked out perfect to where I'm like, man, this would be awesome to have a hundred percent trained pointer along with a flusher to where you can just get yourself in a better shooting position and send that flusher in. Like I could see that was awesome. I could definitely see now having hunted in that environment where that could definitely be beneficial. Oh man. It, if that bird did not flush right in between me and him to where we couldn't safely shoot, that would have been perfect. Well, you know, it, it would be great if you are in cover that is, if you're hunting the trail, for instance, and they go on point 20 yards or we'll say 10 yards off, you know, into the cover beside the trail, I could definitely see where it's awesome to be able to send a flusher in and you actually stand back and be able to have a shot from that vantage point, right? It it would probably even work great if you're in the Aspen that's, you know, uh, that's thick and you can stand back at that distance too and get a a better shot too. I mean, I think that would be cool. I wish I would have seen that. Oh, it it, it was awesome. Me and Adam were just looking at each other and we were kind of dumbfounded, like really the one spot that the bird could flush that we couldn't shoot. And I did get one shot at it like way back behind me after it went clearly between me and Adam. But like if we would have connected on that, that that would have just been the highlight of my week. Like it, it would have been up there with when Lucy pointed her first grouse. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that was just awesome. I wish, wish everybody could have seen that because I definitely, I'm really intrigued now about getting a pointing and a flushing dog out there because that, that really worked out well. Yeah. One thing I want to hit on before we move to the, I guess, the bad yeah. is talking about old Jack and the last day that we were hunting, um, Scout and Jack went out with a vengeance with like, it was probably like a two and a half to three hour hunt. They had something to prove. They did. And it worked out great because Scout earlier on in the trip, I mean, it took him a day to kind of get acclimated, really a day and a half really to get acclimated and calm down and start searching within like a reasonable distance. And he was bumping some birds at first and he actually pointed a bird um a grouse and i missed it that was on like day three uh but after that happened he started really searching well and that last day scout and jack got out together and it was really cool to be able to hunt and feel like you were having an awesome productive hunt with you and your buddy's dog working together and you know trying to work together to accomplish getting some birds and so the one bird that we killed on that hunt, Scout went on point and GPS went off, said he's, you know, 30 something yards away. And I've got Jack hooked up to my GPS, uh, uh, you know, as well. And so all of a sudden Jack says, Jack's on point. And so I'm walking up with my GPS, following this thing, trying to figure out exactly where they are. And I turn a corner and I see Scout on point, Jack with the honor, and then this woodcock just comes up, and it just worked out perfect. I mean, I, I hit the thing, it goes down, we got to, I got a good mark on it, and, you know, the dogs were just having a blast. I mean, mm-hmm. you could just tell when that all connected and got together. I mean, I was pumped up. Joe, I think you were pumped up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a freaking awesome moment. It's the small things like, 
I mean, knowing that I can woe Jack at any time yeah. and we can go and I can woe him and then we walk 30 yards away from him to it, check out a, a, you know, a point that Scout has. Yeah, or the come other back way around. Him. Yeah. What was really awesome, was big I love that natural honor that Jack's got. And, you know, we didn't know where Jack was, really. And then all of a sudden, it's just boom, boom, both mm. locked up. And, you know, we're, we're like going in and... I mean, it was just a, it was an awesome deal. Yeah, um, it was great. It's, it's one of those things that may sound kind of funny to you guys because maybe y'all get all kinds of contacts where you get all kinds of dogs honoring and all that stuff. But in my world, it doesn't happen all the time, at least when, you know, you're out there and you don't have to say a word to any dog and they just do what they're supposed to do. You know, when that comes together and everybody's respecting each other and, and the whole thing works out. Hey man, that's what you came up there for. Yeah. So well, where does the snowshoe hair rank on this? Is that good, bad, or ugly? I think you know, it's and a little... it, it depends because where that story was going when you first told it, I thought you had killed the hair by, <laughs> by falling on it. <laughs> that's what I think everyone. When did. I got, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so. We're hunting. Rachel Nick goes on a rabbit. Yeah, Rachel <laughs> goes on point, and I go back in there, and she's pointing right at this big brush pile. I'm like, there's there's no bird in there. Like, there's not a bird, but but I'm in the middle of the brush pile now, and so I try and step over another log to get out of the brush pile, and I slip and I eat shit. Like, my feet are in midair. I flat backed onto this this brush pile, right? And when I hit, I hear the uh the hair flush out of the brush pile and i look up just in time to see rachel snag that hair out of midair <laughs> got it <laughs> she got it so literally i just heard it flush the brush pile then i heard a little squeak and she had it in her mouth and i got my, my big ass up on the trail and she brought it all the way back to me said here you go and then took off running hunting again and so i had this tick infested <laughs> snowshoe hair holding up i'm just like uh, all right like versatile dogs there you go there you go it's almost as good as norm's roadkill grouse yeah yeah we touched on that last week yeah. so so he got a grouse without shooting and i got a rabbit without shooting yeah 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 but let's move on man let's to the do, bad let's do the bad i'm gonna go that we can touch on this real quick because it's not really that bad but uh the temperature levels and that yeah. the fluctuations that so we got there saturday and sunday and monday we we're hunting and the highs were like right at 50 and it was perfect birds were flushing everywhere we're getting contacts left and right but then tuesday hits and tuesday through thursday it's mid 60s to high 60s i think it even hit 70 on thursday and it's not that bad especially for the dogs like the dogs you really don't see them change especially when they're used to running down here in tennessee but the mosquitoes came back out, the ticks came back out, and the birds were just not moving. What little birds I was finding, it was in that nasty marsh shaded area because it was it was a lot cooler down there, and it's just not as enjoyable to hunt when you do find them. It's it's really gnarly in there with the branches and the saplings and everything. You just didn't get really good shot opportunities uh so we had two or three days there to where it's just the temperatures and the, the ticks i know joe for whatever reason the ticks were really like jack but uh 
It's uh, they were so, probably attracted to that spray I was spraying on. Yeah, it. probably it natural deter- tick deterrent. Uh, yeah, this yeah. rosemary peppermint stuff. <laughs> spray uh, on Jack all the time. Bougie, gonna... the bougie spray. Over there. I asked Joe one time. I was like, "What do you use for uh, tick repellent?" And he was like, "Oh, this natural." And I cut him off. I was like, "Oh, so stuff that doesn't work." Okay. <laughs> and he and he feeds Jack alkaline water. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the modern uplander uh, might as well uplander and, uh, and cat food yeah the yeah. modern uplander might as well be called a hipster uplander or whatever uh but yeah so so the temperatures i guess could be put under bad at least for half the week because w- when the temperatures were down man we were seeing birds everywhere we went and uh we still came across some but just not like we were the rest of the time when the temperatures were what we were hoping it would be, you know, fifties and below. That's what mine is. I mean, you saw the difference on Friday when the temperatures were, was 40 degrees. Yeah. More birds didn't have to worry about ticks. See, that's, that's where I'm kind of like, I, the small sample size that we have where we were up there, I don't know if it was temperature related or just weather pattern related in general, just because, you know, Yes, we saw more birds on Friday. However, that was on the front end of a cold front when there was going to be snow that night. So maybe the birds were out just, you know, eating and and getting what they needed for energy for that front to come in. You know, and on the back end of that, on the front end, again, maybe we were seeing those birds that were out in the 50-degree weather and they were holding a little better because... They had, it had been raining for like four straight days, and then the day we get there, it stops raining. They all come out, and we basically lucked up and, and timed that right. And then we had that lull period in the week where we kind of had that stagnant hot weather. So yeah. I don't I – w- I would tend to think the birds held better in the cold weather, but as far as actually like – seen birds you're right we saw them better in the first in the week at the end of the and at the end of the week than we did in the middle yeah but i just don't know i mean it's one of those deals i I don't i don't know enough about grouse to tell you one way or the other right so um another bad topic shooting bad shooting i think all around all week yep well Yes and no. It, Silver lining a, is it's a completely different ball game when you're in those yeah. thickets and those woods. You can go to the clay's course all you want. The only thing it's going to help with when these birds flush, you can't get a beat on them. You're in the thick stuff. You're literally purely instinctual shooting. Yeah. It's in that direction. You have time to literally just point and shoot. You're throwing lead as soon as that bird gets up there, and you don't have time to put a beat on it. So the people that go to these clay courses and they get set up, and they know exactly where it's coming from, and they just line it up, and they worry about you know the yeah. choke on every in between each station and everything on the sporting clays course. You don't have time to do that in this type of hunting. So. To kind of give everyone a baseline on this, I did a sporting clay tournament, just a charity one, like two weeks before we went up there, and it was a fairly hard course, and I hit 43 out of 50 clays, which was decent. (laughs) Bottom line is, I couldn't hit crap. Crap. I mean, it was like, I I was super pissed. This is going the bad thing, too. When Scout went on point on the first grouse that that he pointed up there, and I thought I hit it. I could have sworn I hit it, but thinking back and, like, all the circumstances now, I didn't hit the damn thing. 
I was super pissed. And <laughs> the thing is, is that it's just a totally different style like you're talking about, man. Yeah. It's the only good experience is real life experience doing yeah. it. If you think that you're a really good shotgun shooter and you need a little humility and be humbled a little bit, come grouse and woodcock. And that's hunting. part of the fun on yeah. it, you know, is that you. What, what do they say? It's like on average, it's one out of every nine grouse shot at that you connect with or something like that. Uh, I think. I don't I, know. It, it's it, almost like you need to go to the woods course at the, you know, at the gun club sprint like 20 yards come back pick up your gun and then one of us like throw branches in your face and that's how you gotta like you gotta like prep for this next year to where we got like you gotta be out of breath and then you just have a branch right in your face and you still gotta yep. hit the yeah yeah and then you know? norm did the classic deal where he shot through a tree oh yeah a few of us did that and norm got so fed up he just ran one over with his car and that's yeah, telling one over with yeah. his car so, well, and I mean, and then even when you do connect on these birds, sometimes it's so thick. It's just like the dogs have a hard time finding them, like the example we gave yeah. you. But it's also, I shot, I know for a fact, I folded that one grouse. Rachel went on point. It it got up and it went over a big uh, big row of conifer trees. I shot it and it folded and I, I released Rachel and she wouldn't move. And I'm like, what the crap? And I took another step and another woodcock got up. Yeah. And I missed the woodcock. But at that point, she had a poor mark on the grouse. And we spent 20 plus minutes looking for it. We couldn't find it. I, I mean, it had to have been strung up in one of those trees up there. It's like, just because you shoot it in this environment doesn't mean that you can find it, even with a great retriever like Rachel. Yep. So, I mean... I, that would classify as bad, for sure. Yeah. What else would, would you say would be bad on the trip? Man, I don't know. There was just so many good things. I, and I hate dwelling on bad things anyways. So, I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm thinking here. Um, I think the one bad thing that I personally did, I regret not getting up and going on the duck hunt <laughs> on Friday. So, this kind of gets into the bad. ugly part. Uh yeah, that when we recorded the Norms podcast, you heard us talking about talking about the duck hunt. We primarily grouse and woodcock hunted this whole week, and we had one morning to where the temperatures were plummeting, the storm front was coming in. We knew it was going to be a good morning, and we were excited about it. And Austin and Joe, they were all just tuckered out. They couldn't, they didn't wake up for the duck hunt Friday. Technically, and, I woke up, but it was just so peaceful with the rain hitting the window and. I was like, I'll just hunt later. Hipster uplander for you. There you go. <laughs> uh, but me, on the other hand, I was the first one up. Go out there. I'm just like, heck yeah, let's go duck hunt. My dumb ass goes and gets in my truck and backs into a freaking tree. It's pouring <laughs> down raining, pitch black, no moonlight, no nothing. And I'm parked in an area that I don't, th I, I wasn't parked at, at all throughout the whole week. And I'm just like, all right, I'm looking for trees. I'm not seeing it. And there's one in the blind side and blind spot. And I just backed up and barely hit it. But it was at that perfect angle. It just barely hit it. <laughs> he didn't barely hit nothing. There's, there's the there's, whole bumper is bent all the way into the quarter panel. I went up to that tree. Perfect and angle, pieces man. Pieces of red plastic buried. A couple inches into the tree. Uh, yep. I, <laughs> I, I, let, I left my mark, man. Yeah, I got go. up, and Pam, Nick's wife, was upstairs in the kitchen, 
And I was like, so did Nick really back into a truck? She was like, yeah, it sounded like a gun went off this morning. <laughs> yep. She was like, I actually got out of bed and looked to see if something happened, and I saw that he had hit the tree. Yep. So, so, so yeah, with me dis- knowing that I had to drive back to Tennessee the following morning, I'm like, I, I'm not going to get a stupid ticket from driving home with a bus of taillight. So I had to drive an hour south to Medlin, Wisconsin, and get the taillight assembly because nowhere close by had the part. And then, so Adam and Norm were the only ones that went duck hunting because Austin was just tuckered out, you know, sucking his thumb in the bed and having a good time. And also wow. yeah, Adam and uh, Norm went and got a bunch of shots at duck. Yeah, and that's, you know, the thing is, is it would have been – it would have been cool. I wish I would have just because I like hunting with Norm. I think that uh, it's always fun getting to share experiences like that. And I had kind of made my mind up because you guys had decided that y'all were going to grouse hunt that spot next to the lake there afterwards. I was like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to drive 45 minutes to for a 30-minute wood duck hunt. And it turned out that they ended up working like four or five different groups, got multiple shooting opportunities. <laughs> they had like at least two and a half hours of consistent, you know, it sounded like consistent uh, uh, ducks that were yep. coming in. So it was like, they. it was a good freaking hunt. That's and what you get for being a negative Nancy, man. I wouldn't be a negative Nancy. I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to, I was looking at it from a production standpoint. I was like, all right, I'm going to drive 45 minutes there. And then with duck hunt for 30 minutes, y'all are going to grouse hunt that spot. I might as well stick out, stick around here and then go grouse hunt 15 minutes from the cabin. Get All right, Debbie Downer. And, and to be fair, we were up late. You were <laughs> kicking my butt and, and foosball. Oh, man. Now, this was a good that we missed. <laughs> Undefeated yeah. at foosball. You, your college experience must have been weird because you <laughs> – let, didn't go on dates, didn't go to football games. You probably just locked yourself in a room playing foosball. No, 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 no. There is a – all right, Tennessee Tech University, okay, uh, Cookville, Tennessee, guys. I would I would tell you that the Sigma Chi house there, You, if you can compete at the Sigma Chi house at Tennessee Tech <laughs> with foosball or ping pong, then, hey, you know, you're good because – I would get my butt kicked out there, and I just – Joe didn't score but, like, maybe 10 goals on yeah, me yeah, I was all nice. week. And this is really ugly. I'm sitting here surrounded by a freaking frat boy and a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, I got me some good foosball experience in. Hey, but, well, no, we were up. We had drank a little beers. We had yeah. a little foosball tournament going on. Yeah. It was so always rough getting up the it. next morning. Yeah, Had to do it. But bottom line is we, we went there. We, we – we were excited about it all year long. This was going to be your first, both of y'all's first experience up in the Northwoods. I'd been there once before. Uh, we studied maps. We got some great intel and great points from uh, OTB. Yeah. And uh, they worked out really well. I think every point that he gave us was putting us on birds. We ventured out. We found our new, you know, new spots. We didn't just rely on other other guys' spots. Uh, you bought Anna Jana Dow's scouting hunt maps. You're yep. you you're using the years of the cuts and everything. You're figuring out the cover halfway to three quarters of the way through the week, and you're piecing that together. The dogs were piecing it together every day. They were getting better and more comfortable in that type of hunting. Uh, it's just hard to replace actual boots on the ground experience with this stuff. Yeah. 
I think in what we do as far as the NAVDA game, it can it can get you good enough experience to go and have a more productive hunt in a quicker amount of time when you're doing prairie type hunts, when you're yep. doing quail, pheasant, things like that. Um, definitely does not translate as well to the woodcock and grouse game. I was telling Norm they need to figure out how to incorporate that into like the invitational test or something, mm-hmm. like just part of the hour long field. Go into the woods, plant some birds in the woods or something. Yeah. And uh, I told him even on training days, we just need to do that. And he thought it was a pretty good idea. I'm like, we just need to start planting some birds in the woods, get some experience with the dogs in the woods because. You're not going to be in a prairie all the time. You're not going to be in a cornfield chasing grouse all the time. And these dogs are versatile dogs. We're training them to hunt. We want them to hunt all species, you know, at, adequately. They don't have to be the best at it, anyone, but uh, it's you don't get to train it as easily. And then it's just a completely different world as you learn from from Scout. Just yeah. Scout's yeah. a field dog, and yeah. it took him the majority of the week to. Rain it, it took in. him at least, I mean, definitely by the end of the week, it was very enjoyable hunting with Scout, whereas at a, as opposed to the beginning of the week, I was just saying, damn it, and trying to get him <laughs> to come to me, you know, and, and work closer. Yeah. And he figured it out and started being productive, and it was it was fun. You know, I can definitely, if you get those dogs in that environment – and they're there for a, a decent amount of time. I mean, they'll figure it out themselves. You know, it's just getting them enough exposure. Yeah. That's our issue. Well, yeah. on, that, on that same token, as we're kind of closing it up here, uh, what, are you, what were you guys' biggest takeaways, biggest learnings? Yeah. Well, I think that as far as from a hunting standpoint, there's nothing that I've done that's, truly comparable to it um i I think that i would be it it would be very hard for someone to make the argument to me that if you are truly doing this yourself that if you are the guy that you've got your first or second dog or you've i don't care how many dogs you've had but you are training that dog yourself you're trying to get that dog contacts and be a good grouse dog you're trying to understand how to position yourself the best to be able to shoot the grouse when it comes up or figure out what method is best to approach that point. I challenge somebody to say that there's something harder to do when you're putting all those components together. You know, now if you've got a freaking polished grouse dog that you can just let out and they'll pin them down and you can go out and shoot. I think that obviously that's a different ball game, but if you're me or you or Nick and we don't have all that stuff and we're just going up there for a week at a time. I mean, it's a, it's a difficult thing. And we've got to, like what Nick was saying, we've got to address those training scenarios more often. And I've got to get my dogs, even if it's with freaking planted birds in the woods, I've got to do that more because that's going to allow me more opportunities when we get to the real thing. Yeah. My biggest takeaway is more specifically dog training because that's more or less what I did with Lucy instead of hunting with Lucy. I mean, obviously we were hunting, but I was using it because bird contacts up there. I'm training with her uh, more specifically than hunting. I was more hunting Rachel and training Lucy. And when people talk about let the birds teach the dog, I got to witness that work 
firsthand this week. So the first few days, Lucy's bumping birds. She's not the staunchest pointer. She'll point, but it was real staunch. And she she took that field mentality that we've been working on planting birds and for NAVDA, and she goes out there trying to apply that to grouse and woodcock, and it just wasn't doing her any good. She figured out the woodcock real quick because – it's woodcock. They're more notorious for holding and being more forgiving. But the grouse, it took her a few days. And it wasn't until it was either Tuesday or Wednesday. And it was amazing to me. I was I was texting OTB and, and a couple other buddies. They were asking how Lucy was doing. And I was telling them what happened. And they kept telling me every time you know, she would bust a bird, I should woe her or move her back to where she was. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm just going to let, let the birds teach Lucy. And it took one contact. It took the one contact with a grouse that I watched it play out. I could have easily woed her. I saw her working this bird. She was running, and she slammed into it, and she started methodically just real birdie, just slowly, Elmer fudding it. She knew a bird was there, but she kept creeping. And I knew she was about to bump it, and I could have easily woed her, gotten a flush, and gotten a very easy shot at a grouse, or, you know, the easiest shot that you could get in that situation. But instead, I let her creep in on the bird, and she got right up on the bird to where, I, I swear to God, when that bird got up, it could have easily just slapped her in the face with its wing. And I watched when that bird flush, she looked back at me, and I saw the light bulb go off in her head. She, oh, Okay, and from then on, she didn't point every grouse. She was still bumping them here and there just because they're wild and they're flighty. But every day from then on, she was pointing a grouse here and there. It was multiple points every day to the point to where Friday afternoon, she worked the same grouse and pointed it three times. And she would not have done that on the front end, and I don't think that she would have done that unless I actually had the discipline, and it's tough, not shooting those wild birds because you drive that far you want to shoot every bird that you see and i had to talk myself out of it every time and i think that she was piecing it together to the where at the end of the week hard points no flagging no looking for me for confirmation she was telling me there's a bird there and it just it sucked that we could not get a grouse on the ground for her by the end of the week for her to figure it out. I think if I had another week or two there, she would be a completely different grouse dog right now than what, well, what we started I with. I don't doubt that one bit. I mean, like we were saying earlier, I watched Scout's transformation just in how he searched in a couple of days. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a if, – if you just get them in a bird-rich environment like that, like we were talking about last episode or whenever that was, I mean, just the birds will teach them. Yeah. And, I mean, she was stopping to flush every time she busted a bird, but it just took that one contact. And I, yeah. I just saw the light bulb go off, and from then on, she was she was hunting then. And so it went from me just going out, try, hoping that it would happen, to the second half of the trip, we were hunting. Yeah. And, and that was my biggest takeaway, is it really does work to let the birds teach the dogs. Yeah. You just have to have the self-discipline and know – when to actually step in and interfere in the hunt. And that's why, like when we were talking about with Cash early on in those wood point or woodcock contacts, I, I wasn't saying a word. I didn't shoot the ones that he bumped. And, you know, I it was one, two, third woodcock contact in a matter of 30 minutes, and he was 
honestly steady the entire time without me saying anything to the flush. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, great being able to watch the birds do that, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, hipster, what's your takeaway? Uh, mine's just get out there and hunt, man. I think that was the biggest thing is, um, you know, the days I went by myself, not really knowing the cover or anything like that, kind of just going and covering some miles and walking and being out there with my dog. And then in the same, um, aspect of just me and my wife realizing that we love, um, to go into these small towns and places, um, and knowing that we both have jobs that we can kind of go and do that more often. Um, I think this was a little bit of the kick in the butt to where it's like, Hey, I've already got some trips planned this year, but where can I go for, you know, a four day trip, work from home for a little bit, hunt in the morning, get some work done and then go back out there with my dog. Um, I think that was the coolest thing is, you know, just drinking at a bar with the locals and hearing yeah, them talk. Man. It's just, it's just different. I, I, I've, I find that I love everything around hunting a little bit more than I actually like, like the actual hunt, you know, yeah, I like, yeah. I, I like the, 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 the mythology full. around it, you know? I agree. I think that that's an awesome part. And I think that, that was what was uh, energizing about Joe around camp was that it was like, hey, guys, we're done with the hunt. Let's go to Northwoods and get a drink, you know. <laughs> and so it was like, we're going to support the local economy, take in a little bit of the local flavor and just enjoy the whole atmosphere that we were in. Yeah, man. And I had I had friends over at my house last night and I was like, hey. This is all this Wisconsin beer I got. Try this. And I was like, hey, this sausage I, I smoked right now, this is all from, uh, you know, Fifield, Wisconsin, which was uh, just like a cool thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Didn't come awesome. up with birds, but got snickerdoodles and coffee and, <laughs> and meat sticks and curds and, and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, you man. Know? Absolutely. Well, I, I hope everybody enjoyed this. Uh, we don't do this too much as BS sessions, really, but we, we wanted to let everybody know because we went on a real hunting trip. This was not guided. This was not people that live in the North Woods the rest of the year. They, they don't get to train on grouse and woodcock throughout the year. This was just, you know, some good old Tennessee boys heading north for, and trying their, their – hand at the grouse and woodcock situation up there and so when you do that there's good and there's bad and there's ugly i mean it just you, there's learning experiences and you're going to get better every time doing it just because you go if you don't know what you're doing still go take your dog figure it out and even if that first trip sucks oh uh, well go on another one Mark your spots you found birds at on Onyx and yep. then go back, you know, go the next year. Yeah. Look at those spots on, on the map and figure out, hey, this was a good Why spot. Why is work? that? Hey, this was a bad spot. Why was that? And just apply it to the next season. I mean, nobody nobody goes out there and shoots limits on their first trip every day unless you're guided or whatever. And, yeah, If it's a true DIY stuff, you're going to pay your dues. It's going to be tough, but just stick with it. What was cool was – part of you know about midway through the week we would all go out hunting and some of the times we were not hunting together we're hunting by ourselves and i was always coming back you know the cabin being like all right guys tell me where what cover you found your birds in i'll tell you what cover i found my birds in and we compared notes basically yeah. and you know you figure out what works and what doesn't and that's why we did that 
Absolutely. And let me hit on Cash real quick. I didn't hit on him. He's fine. He's doing great. He had he had to go to the vet. This was the ugly part. So he had to go to the vet. They had to cut him open in a couple spots in his leg, pull out some quills that were under the skin. We got everything out. He's And he got that bird like we talked yep. about afterwards. He's running around like nothing's wrong. He's good. Yep. So Just remember, guys. Be safe yourself, your hunting partners, and your dogs. Take your first aid packs in the field with you. Always be prepared and enjoy the hunt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody guys. got anything else? Let's do it next year, boys. All right. We're going to do it. I mean, definitely next year. We're going to do it some other <laughs> stuff before then. Yep. We got more coming your way. A lot of good episodes coming your way. Um, again, social media, follow us, Instagram, Facebook, Gundog It Yourself, Gmail, Gundog Yourself at gmail.com. We will be doing a duck camp hack giveaway here soon. Find us on Instagram. Uh, rate us, share us, review us, and uh, check. Five stars. Five stars. Check back with us next week, and we're, we're looking forward to seeing you guys. All right. See y'all. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high grade lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup just have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.